Welcome to the Inspiring Leadership podcast series. This is aimed for you aspiring leaders, whatever level you're at, whether you're beginning out in your careers as managers and leaders, whether you're in middle ranking roles, or whether you're CEOs and chairman of boards, there's always something we can all learn. And it's particularly the skills, stories, tips and techniques that you can pass on to those you lead and your teams. I'm Barbara Cox and welcome to the Inspiring Leadership Series. I'm an award-winning nutritionist, author and oh, wellness advocate. And I would like to introduce our inspiring host today as well, Jonathan Bowman Perks. Thank you very much indeed, Barbara. And it was Steve Foster, who's a mutual friend of both of ours, who runs an excellent One Golden Nugget series and people share their top tips. And both you and I met on that and got on terribly well. And as a result, we agreed a sort of barter system where I do some uh, corporate coaching for you and you very kindly give me some superb advice as my nutritionist. And I found it incredibly helpful. And I recommend you to anybody who's listening to this, but particularly to the CEOs and the, the senior leaders that I work with, you do need to have a nutritionist working with you. So personal trainer plus nutritionist, the combination is superb. So Barbara, tell us a bit about what you're doing now as far as, as uh, the nutritional work you're doing and, and that kind of stuff. And then we can go back to your early childhood. Yeah, fantastic. Well, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you so much for having me uh, on board. This is really great. I find everything you do super inspirational and I feel really honored to be here. So hopefully I can add some value to the listeners as well. Um, wow, what am I doing now? <laughs> my, my career has changed dramatically since I sold my business in, in March 2015. And so now I am a, a consultant in nutrition, working with CEOs themselves um, and inspiring them to really take their own health to another level so they can achieve their goals that they have for themselves. And um, that is one part of the work that I do. The other part of the work that I do is is being a member. Um, I'm the European representative on the Global Wellness Council, and I do trainings uh, across the globe for other nutritional therapists who want to take their business to another level as well and learn compliant information around nutrition and wellness. So it's quite a varied um, aspect that I do now in my semi-retirement, <laughs> but I love it. Absolutely love it. Great. Well, Barbara, it, it is so interesting what you've accumulated, the knowledge you have. And when you and I talk on any particular topic about fitness and health and sleep and, you know, the microbiome and stomachs and you know, all sorts of different ailments and things that people have as they get older, and I'm becoming a bit of an old man, so it's quite useful to have someone to to know what you can do to almost mitigate the risk of certain problems that happen to us as we get as we get older. Now, take me back to to young Barbara growing up. I I, I hear a Canadian accent. I think was that was that right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, yes. and who 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 shaped you as the leader you are today, the entrepreneur you are the, today, the speaker you are today? Where did that come from? Who who were the influences on you? Wow, so many. I mean, I really have such a, a uh, interesting background. I think when I when I look back, and 
um, I think hindsight is such a great thing and you, you can start to piece your life together. It's like, oh, I did that when I was 18, but actually that helps me now. Um, so yeah, I'm Canadian, but I live here in the UK and uh, I started skating at a very young age and became Canadian champion skater. Wow. Um, I was at the uh, Canadian champion for four years doing dance partners with my uh, ice skating partner, Rob Weiler. <laughs> and um, it was wonderful. It was really great. I learned a lot of ethics within that time of work study balance because I was a student at the time, uh, communication, uh, drive, energy, taking care of your body, but I didn't take care of my body. And that was the start of my nutrition career because my skating career finished when I was 18 because I ate rubbish. And hence I went into the world of nutrition, uh, sports nutrition to help other athletes perform at the best that they could. And I find all of that training clicks perfectly into helping business people perform at their best as well. So that that's kind of my early journey into mm. my career. And I, I was shaped by so many people from my coach, who I'm still in touch with now, um, to my parents and their their support and, and their kind of belief in me, um, and what I could achieve. And, and so all of all of those, and I learned a, a, how to work in a partnership very early on. Um, and, and, you know, there's nothing, nothing more shaping than achieving with a person and a partnership, um, which is what I took into my business life as well. Wow. But, but to, to achieve such, um, such a high level so early on, I'm sure was hugely shaping for you. Um, and I think of my fascination at 19 was orienteering. I became the army orienteering champion. Now yeah. that's not a great thing, but it was, it was something. Uh, and then later on, I went on to win the world uh, Cyprus double mountain marathon championship. And I still hold the record for that. <laughs> and, and, it, and it, but I, I'm not saying that to compare. It's just, it still stays with me now. Yes. The, the discipline and the training that I had to do um, to get my early navigation sort of that, which then, as you say, something helped you there, which helped you later on, which that the early navigation of being the Army Orienteering Champion helped me navigate my way up the Cypress Mountain through all the checkpoints yeah. and back down again. And, and, and I, it, I still recall that. Can you, can you in your mind go back to when you were skating? I, I do. And it's funny, I do often. There's times in that skating career, I can remember being at certain rinks because we'd, we'd travel all around and, and what you learn at certain elements and, and, um, what, and some of them, it's interesting, is around celebration. I remember uh, winning, um, it was a Canadian championship. We were in, I think it was Barrie, Ontario. And I grew up in Ottawa, so this is this is like an eight hour drive and my mom had taken me and instead of me celebrating the win, I um, had my condolences with with the losers instead. And that was really interesting. And, and I remember my mom saying, wow, Barbara, I wasn't expecting that. And I was like, yeah, but I felt really sorry for them, mom, you, you know, but I was still super happy that we had won, but I was also very humble that someone else 
um, you, you know, didn't. Mm. And it was a really, a really well-rounded moment because I felt really proud of myself how I handled the celebration. Um, I mean, obviously we celebrated afterwards. I can still remember going out for dinner with the whole team and, and things like that. But there's, yeah, of course there's certain things, you know, uh, my parents getting up at five o'clock in the morning to support me. And, um, I, you know, hopefully I support my kids just as much. Yeah, <laughs> and right. it, it's not necessarily about money sometimes. It's about, it's about the giving aspect, the, the belief, the, uh, all the peripheral things around the main event that I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's brilliant. So some of those big events, there's high events and there's low events in our lives and not just in your skating and things like that. Yeah. Can, you, can you take us to a time when you were most happy about something that happened to you or that you achieved and then also to a darkest part of your life and what you learned from both imposters and treating them just the same as Rudyard yeah. Kipling would say. I mean, I can, I can obviously think of a few. I think everybody, everyone has them. Um, it's really interesting. So early in, in my, my business that I, I had, we started in 2004 and then we were really in the swing of everything before the recession really hit in sort of 2009. But in 2008, I won UK Entrepreneur of the Year by the British Chamber of Commerce, which was a real high. But it was like almost two months later, the recession hit and I lost 80% of the business. And so you, you kind of had this immense high, but I remember at the high and being at the awards, knowing that these problems were actually, I was facing them and, and kind of feeling was i really worthy of of this award at the time so there's a lot of double and mixed feelings with with a lot of that era um so that was that was a really tough time making my first staff member redundant to really you know pulling it in but obviously we 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 pulled through that brilliantly um and super out the other side it did make us stronger but at the time boy oh boy it was tough you know and we had banks um we you know we had a twenty five thousand pound overdraft and the bank just pulled it overnight and said okay we're going to move it to a managed loan instead and we were just like well what? <laughs> do you know what i mean all, all this kind of really fearful scary things and um yeah that was a that was a really tough time to go through on the back of such a high it really was a roller coaster from top to bottom for about three years. Um, but, you know, makes you stronger. It does, doesn't it? Certainly yeah. makes you stronger. And so that's one bit of advice. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. I was um, going to say the exact same words. Perfect. I, I, I think it was uh, Goethe or one, one of the philosophers said that. Um, but also in your time, you've learned a lot over the years from our mistakes and uh, from our successes. I think there was somebody humorous the other day said, you know what, I've learned so much from the mistakes I've made. I think I'm gonna go out and make a few more mistakes. It's rather good, um, <laughs> but I, I've made more mistakes than many, I'm sure. But Barbara, if you were to meet the young Barbara, age 16, yeah. uh, what, bit of, what, bit of, what bit of advice would you give you? Don't worry about these things, but do worry about those things. What would your advice be? Uh, that's a really good bit of advice. And I, I do think about this often because I, I think it's still something I'm, I'm working on. And that is to 
be slow to respond and to really think intelligently around responses. Um, obviously, in, in my line of work, um, being a health professional, a, a, a top consultant, I deal with a lot of life and death situations um, on a weekly basis. So I have to be very thoughtful in those. But also I run a business at the same time. And so it's I can remove the emotion when I'm talking about someone's health, but sometimes it's really difficult to remove the emotion when you're talking about business. And that's slow to respond to really craft your thoughts can shape a business dramatically. Um, and I've really learned that as a skill. And, and, and I wish I had that a little bit younger. So if, if the 16 year old Barb had said that to Mrs. Cox now, <laughs> it, it, you know, might be a different case. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's so true. And I think in my own business over the years, I, I found myself often too intense to, to trying too hard to please yeah. other people um, or achieve things. And I think if I'd done taken your Barb's advice and just slowed down and not been too intense, I know a couple of times with, particularly in the times when times are tough, it makes you more anxious to win work with someone and convince them to work with you. And that has the opposite effect on them. The more anxious you are, yeah. the more they go, hang on, what's wrong with this? They're, they're, they're just like too bushy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So the more you're relaxed about it, say, look, Go ahead and think about it. And in fact, let, yeah. let, in a month's time, let's have a, a further chat. Uh, I'll give you a complimentary, um, in my case, a complimentary coaching session to see how, how we get on. Yeah. That builds a level of trust and respect and that there is ease, not urgency. And ease <laughs> builds. Urgency scatters people. Do you not yes, think? That's, that's it. Exactly. You've articulated it perfectly. That's, it, that's exactly it. It is that ease of... The flow, I think, you, you know, when you're um, sort of not in that flow with a business situation, which can which can arise often, right? Because we are thinking, but we feel we need to rush, but actually we don't. It Correct. is just, yeah, and it can be, just be minutes. It yep. doesn't have to be days. It could just be minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that that's a really really big one for me. And yeah. uh, and the other one is, is a bit of advice I, I actually give my kids as well. <laughs> That's to expect the unexpected. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, I always find, though, with that, it's normally the unexpected bit that happens wasn't what I had anticipated or expected anyway. But it's, it's a really great phrase. And again, it slows you down. And, and maybe maybe that's the key. Maybe the key is we try to rush things too much and we should just be more mindful, slow down. And and I don't know, I kind of use the phrase think intelligently, but that I think you get what I mean. It, it is about crafting your thoughts and your actions accordingly. Mm, uh, so beautifully put. It, it was the commanding officer of the Scots Guards who'd come back from Mount Tumbledown in the Falklands War, and he said uh, to a parade of us all in Cyprus, gentlemen, we must prepare for the unexpected. And I thought, 
that's a really bizarre thing. That one gives you, can't, you can't prepare for the unexpected, he said. But just remember that there we were doing public duties in our bearskins and red tunics in London. And three weeks later, we were in our combat kit on a Welsh mountain. And a week later, we were on the boat going to the South Atlantic. We didn't see that one coming. Wow. And, and so we can't relax uh, and just take the foot off the pedal. We have to train hard, fight easy. Um, and that, I think, is a business tip that, you know, prepare yourself, do your learning, do your development. So when crises do come to us all and they they've come to me many times, that you're as best prepared as you can be. Yeah. Things will, as you say, happen not as you expect them. But if there is a philosophy of non-attachment to a particular outcome, that yeah. you, you're going to work for the best, but but it, it won't break you utterly if you don't have the outcome you want. I think a psychologist I knew said, the reason people have mental breakdowns or certainly depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts is that they are where they are now, but they want to be somewhere else. Yeah. And, and it's the tension between the two that they're not where they want to be. They are where they are now. So accept where you are now, but yeah. I mean, have some plan for that, but be more accepting and unattached to things being better or having more or I love it. more money. Um, we're going to go and talk about the eight components of inspiring leadership and okay. you know, your story. But I do want people who are listening and watching this to hang on for the end, because I'm going to ask you a lot of practical tips and techniques about good nutrition, things you give me some great advice and the right kind of supplements and things to take. We can talk about that at the end. So please, yeah. if you're watching or listening, uh, this is well worth waiting for the end. But it'll be good throughout, but the end will be rather good. Barbara, yeah. let's talk firstly about MQ, moral intelligence. You know, what, okay. what your sort of top three values that have driven you. And what do you do when you let your values slip? How do you bring yourself back online? Yeah, I'll, well, I'll start with the second part of the question. Um, I, I have a little toolbox. <laughs> and in my toolbox, um, I can dip into and there can be anything from some amazing books in there to audios to videos to um, wow just little quotes that I use it can be a self care and self motivation toolbox, because I think everyone, um, you know, goes through waves and sometimes when you, you know we're on, you know we're high we're great we're we're buzzing on uh, you, you know. And, and going sort of, you know, Mark seven with our hair on fire, we're, we're really on it. But then there's times, you know, it's just the, the equal balance, we're down. And it's not, I'm a very positive, very high energy person. And sometimes I can catch myself going down. It's like, okay, woo, get that toolbox, bring myself up really quite quickly. Um, and, and we can touch on some of those those afterwards, but it, a lot of it really does start with my core values and, and it is keeping to my word. And this is really quite interesting because, you know, we all want health and wellness for ourselves, but sometimes the integrity with ourselves we let that go. We don't have time to take care of ourselves. We put other people first, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, and so success to me with my own wellness is integrity with myself. If I say I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to exercise and I'm going to eat properly, then I I do that. I start getting in a spiral and getting frustrated with myself when I'm out of integrity with myself. So that's that's one really big one. Uh, another huge value I have is always performing at my best. 
And and I guess I learned that from my skating career is um, I know this is going to sound sound crazy. I am still really quite competitive. And and I guess my coach always drilled into me, you know, um, there's no points for second best. You, you know, be be at the top and, and enjoy it and, you know, play to win. Um, and it's not that I was disappointed when I didn't, because there was many times we didn't. But that's what I always, you know, strove for that. That was it. But it was setting goals and sort of being performance driven and standing accountable in that as well. And and I think that that made made it huge. And um, I don't know, I guess sort of number three is is. Is a mix of those <laughs> serving, serving with my passion. Yeah. You know, so, that, so. Is a, that is a value. If I'm not passionate about it, then I'm not going to do it. Do you know what? I had a saying when I owned my company is the day I hate it, it's the day I quit. Yeah. And that, that really was it because I started to not enjoy my work. And actually, when the option came of, uh, up to sell the company, we sold it. Yeah. And I didn't feel bad about it because it was the right time. 12 years at the helm of a massive company was was enough yeah that well yeah. well done for doing that and yeah. and that takes me really what you're alluding to from uh, integrity because integration is this this connection so i love this idea of the the compass that we have for inspired leadership and the integrated inspiring leader everything is connected all the elements the eight elements yeah. but when they're not you are disintegrated you you are not connected and you okay. see this with people that they they haven't got some of the elements together and uh, <clears throat> the next element is PQ, which is purpose question, meaning and purpose. What gives your life meaning and purpose? Your calling, your vocation, your dharma, the Indians talk about it, the journey that you're on. I love that, yeah. What gives your life meaning and purpose? And what do you do when you stray off purpose, to get yourself back on purpose? Yeah, I, I think maybe one of my values and if values and purposes can kind of you know, dovetail, I'm, I'm not sure, but maybe it is that kind of wanting to help people, that passion for serving in, in many different ways and um, transforming people's lives. I, I love that. I, I have this beautiful skill of taking a look at something and being able to revamp it to make it better or give them the steps to do that. And that, that really does, does help. Um, and again, if they, if myself, my family, or my clients uh, deviate from that to create this toolbox that can actually bring them back into, you, you know, following that destiny almost in a in in a way. So it's it's not like we're we're pushing ourselves towards it. We're we're being pulled, and sometimes we get just a little bit distracted, and something happens, and that's when my frustration comes in um and so that kind of time management to make sure again that integrity is in my time management in taking care of myself and serving my clients the way it needs to be and everything else has a time for it but it's outside of that particular time that keeps me on that road to destiny that, does that make sense? It makes complete sense. And, yeah. and it's, it's very inspiring, actually, um, that, that I do think this idea of being drawn towards something, it's almost like what you focus on is what you get. 
And, and yeah, if you focus yeah. on things you don't want in your life, you seem to be drawn to it. I don't know if you've ever done that not an experiment, but the moment when you've got a big stone wall with a gap, like a, a gateway, and you're trying to drive a car, it's very narrow through it. And you go, I mustn't hit the pillar. You're actually drawn <laughs> towards the pillar. You went, I always end up hitting the pillar because you go, I mustn't hit this. Like, don't, yeah. like I, I watched a mother and a little sort of, I don't know, five-year-old. And the, the child had picked up this cornet, uh, the ice cream cone, with the big ice cream and the, the, the 99 flake in, and was running yeah. along on a hot day. It was melting. And the mum said, don't drop the ice cream. Of course, <gasps> the brain can't hear they don't. So the kid yeah. literally just, you can see the next minute, just drops the ice cream. And she <laughs> hits him, which is, of course, shocking. And of course, yeah. in those days, you know, people thought this was normal to do that. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Even then, I couldn't believe it. No, you said, I think you should have dropped the ice cream. And I thought, you you almost implanted that idea until that moment. The yeah. kid hadn't thought of dropping the ice cream. What would yeah. be much more helpful is just slow down and hold it carefully. So then it could focus on holding it carefully and slowing down. But anyway, yeah. it's just interesting. So from meaning to purpose, and you say that you're quite right, that they, they, they dovetail in beautifully and there's many areas of integrity yeah. and, and um, uh, in people's sort of moral quotient, which fits into meaning and purpose. And then on nicely, <clears throat> to your health quotient, your specialist area, the, yeah. the mental and physical health and well-being and wellness and things like that. What have you personally done to maintain your physical and mental health and well-being? I've done so much over the years. And don't forget, I, I have been working at this a long time. Mm. <laughs> so, you, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid-50s now. And I think probably a, a really good expression that a lot of people can relate to is I'm always paying it forward. So even even where my where I'm at right now is I'm thinking, what am I going to be like when I'm 80 and 90 with my mental health? And so I do a lot of really good brain food and brain exercises now paying it forward for then. But then when you take a look at at, at my particular age, being a woman, I'm in the, you know, menopausal kind of stage, not having any issues with it whatsoever. Because when I was 30, I was like, okay, I'm hearing about all these issues with menopause, I know what to do now. So I'm going to pay it forward. So I don't have an issue then. And I think what's really interesting, and, and again, I used to do this in business, that same kind of thing, Let, let's plan, let's um, you know, let's have a, a contingency fund of, of, you know, whatever amount that's in there in case something happens, you know, all those kinds of things. I was always not playing it safe, but paying it forward. And I think there is a really big difference between that. Um, and so, again, it's, it's with my own health and wellness for my physical well-being, Obviously, I exercise. I do Pilates twice a week. I have a, a mini trampoline in my office behind my green screen here, <laughs> um, you know, and, and sometimes I will multitask and I will be on a phone call bouncing on my trampoline. Uh, so, you know, there's there's lots of ways you can group different health and wellness activities together that it doesn't impact your day in a time management point of view. Yeah. So, so stay with this idea of the uh, the trampoline. So for men and women in their offices, a lot of them working from home, yeah. if they were to buy themselves a, a little mini trampoline while they're on a call. What is the benefit? Is it core? Is it core stability? Oh, it's, a, it's a lot of things. Um, number one, it's really good. It's a great brain activity. So um, 
as I, so I'm really into the brain, <laughs> as you can tell, um, like, please, because okay. I'm trying to pay it forward, right? And so for me, mental clarity is super important because I have to do a lot of troubleshooting in my daily life. So when you move certain parts of the brain and at the back of the brain at the base um sort of you know where your head kind of pops out and then you have the little area underneath it it's, it's called the vestibular and that vestibular area when it's stimulated is fantastic for problem solving and thinking and mental clarity and actually the vestibular is um uh, stimulated when you swing um and when you trampoline. So it's great. I can't have a swing in my office, Jonathan. So <laughs> I might as well have a mini trampoline. But you know what? If you're working with kids, if you're working with um, anybody, if you're doing a team building day, get moving. Do things with swinging actions. Go to the park. Have a swing. When was the last time you, you know, you and your wife went to the park and had a little swing on the swings? Mm, yeah. We don't do it as adults, but actually that movement is amazing for our brain. So I still make sure that I do it um, all the time. So, and jumping on the trampoline also stimulates the lymph. Now, as we know, when we're um, uh, lymph, lymph nodes, uh, major ones are in your groin area and under your arms. And obviously you've got them all over the body, but their use is to remove toxins from the body. But the consistency of lymph is like honey. So it's really thick and sticky. But if you warm up honey, then it can move freely. So you need to be warming up your lymph throughout the day to remove the toxins from the body. It's not just about drinking water. That's one part of the equation. The other part to remove the toxins is to, um, you know, have that lymph movement. So exercise, especially the trampoline is brilliant. It has a lots of other um, great, great yeah. benefits as well. So I, I love that. <clears throat> so um, do let me know the right kind of trampoline to get. I might, I might get that. I will, in, I will. In, I'll email my, you. <laughs> in my garage. But I also uh, occasionally, and I haven't done it for a while, used to do skipping. Would oh, that ha have some benefits like the same? Brilliant. Same kind of thing. It's that, it's that same, that same movement, you know, the up and down, the little bit forward as well, the side to side. So you're, you, you know, we are, we are stagnant sitting here at our desk when you think about it. And if anything, we go into bad posture and we slouch over. And then of course the spine isn't working properly. We're not getting the oxygen uh, or the blood movement where it needs to be. You get on a mini trampoline or you skip. Everybody can have a skipping rope in their office, right? That's, that's brilliant. And of course you can um, see on the video here that I'm standing, I have a standing desk yeah. and I can lift it up and down. And so I try and make sure that, you know, with my Apple watch that it measures that I'm at least standing at least 12 hours a day. So whenever I do any videos, I will stand. And now it's after a while, I get a little stiff, a little achy, I need to move around a bit, but, it, but it's much better for the mental health. I think they say, if you have a standing desk, it, 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 it increases your mental health by about 25% compared to those who are sitting on their ass, who yeah. can get a little bit depressed and a little bit just stodgy and just, and the shoulders go forward and they're in that posture. Whereas here, you know, shoulders back and you, and you stand up, it, it works really well. Yeah, I, I love it. That's a great idea. And then, of course, I do all healthy food. You, you know, I mean, I have really quite strict principles. I'm not saying that I don't have the odd takeaway here and there. But, um, you know, my core principles of an anti-inflammatory diet, which is what I write about in my cookbooks, is the basis of 
everything. It is scientifically sound. It's not a fad diet. It's not, you know, Atkins or this and that on and on it. And consistency is the key. So, you know, I hate the word diet because it implies someone is on or off, you know, an eating style. Yeah. You should just get proper food principles and have that as a, a lifestyle way of eating and yeah. of. Yeah. So, so thanks to you and your advice to me as my nutritionist, uh, Barbara, you've uh, encouraged me to go on to the 16-8 diet yes. and I've done 100 days uh, without break. Amazing. So so tell uh, people who are listening why why you recommended that and what is it? Why is it so good for us? There's many different intermittent fasting or food timings that you can do for you personally, Jonathan, I thought the 816 was perfect. It fits beautifully with your lifestyle. There's a 12-12, there's a 5-2, there's a full 24 hour fast. I mean, there's many different ones that you can do. So it's choosing one that fits your schedule that you can again, consistently do. And that's when you get the great benefits. Um, the, the highlights of intermittent fasting are that it evens out your blood sugar levels. Now, remember one of my, uh, my, my kind of advice that I would give to me at 16 is to think slowly and clearly and be intelligent around my thoughts. When your blood sugar levels are roller coastering, then there is no way your decision making can be sharp. Your emotional side of you takes over and you can make really poor decisions when your blood sugar level is low. So it's imperative you get those under control. Intermittent fasting is one of the quickest ways that you can do that. Um, and, and so just from that point of view, it's fabulous. Not only does it help with removal of or, or, or helping to get your visceral fat under control, now there's two types of, well, more than two types of fat, but we have the visceral fat, which is the fat that sits around the organs that can cause disease. We also have the subcutaneous fat, which is, you know, like the cellulite that we see, um, which is unpleasant to look at, but not as dangerous as visceral fat. We want to target that first. Intermittent fasting targets your visceral fat. And right. so therefore you are um, protecting yourself against the diseases of civilization. Those are cancer, heart disease, diabetes. Intermittent fasting is wonderful for diabetes. So many people I know at the moment are in a pre-diabetic state after lockdown. Intermittent fasting is an easy way that you can tackle that and, and just choosing your different food timing. It is a strategy that I think everybody should adopt at least three to five days a week. Yeah. Now, now you got me because I'm. Uh, I'll follow good advice, and uh, I'm quite disciplined to do that. You're very uh, disciplined. <laughs> there's many things I'm not good at, but I, I can be disciplined. And and you got me this. Uh, got me to get this app, Fastic, which talks about ketosis and autophagy. Do you want to just explain the benefits of those, which come as a, as a benefit of uh, intermittent fasting? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you need to get the cells in a, I don't want to get too scientific on, on people here, but in a, in a macrophage stage where is when we detox, everyone understands the word detox. I don't like it so much, but I use it because people understand it. But when we're in a detox stage and the cells are starting to die, okay, they can still whirl around in the bloodstream and lodge themselves within a fat cell. That is unhealthy. 
So again, you know, when I talk about, you, you know, removing toxins from the system, you need to do things in a timing way that works with the body's biorhythm. When you look at intermittent fasting, we want to be able to put the stages of the cells either in a renewal stage or a die off stage, but we want to be able to remove them from the body as well. And that is what intermittent, very simply put, um, does. And so that's why we have such great health benefits around that. And even a lot of doctors at the moment are putting, uh, you know, stage four cancer patients on an intermittent fasting program to remove these dead cells from the body really quite quickly to uh, alleviate some of the system um, symptoms and to prolong, you know, their life as much as possible. And, mm. and to alleviate that. So for us on a daily basis, it's a great thing to do. The body's always looking to renew. We get wonderful cellular renewal within 30, 60 and 90 days. Um, and so we can chop and change programs within that time as well to get to, to different levels. Brilliant. Now, Barbara, this is this is such a fascinating topic and, and we could talk more. We'll talk at the end. Yeah. Um, but but I think let's go on around the Inspiring Leadership Compass to CQ which is cultural intelligence question. In other words, people who are able to cope with diversity, equality and inclusion. Now, you know, you've traveled the world, you've met lots of different people. How have you developed your cultural intelligence to adapt to different people and not think they're wrong, but just accept the differences and respect them and treat yeah. them with dignity? Um, that's a really good question. I, I have lived in four different countries, obviously born in Canada, um, I lived in Australia. Uh, I lived for, in Japan for 10 years. That was a really uh, amazing experience. And then now I'm living here in the UK. So I have a very kind of international look at things. And plus I work globally. You know, I do a lot of work in Russia. Um, yesterday I was working in Italy. Monday I was working in Russia. You, you know, all these kinds of things with companies that I work with. And I think it's just learning those cultural differences accepting them if you are in their culture and um you know some of them have some amazing ways that actually enrich my own life as as well because they just make per perfect sense or they resonated and and intuitively i thought they were a really good match with my own principles so yeah it's when I deal with people, though, <laughs> and I, I deal with a lot of top celebrities, I, I, I have a, a wonderful celebrity clientele. That's because I don't I treat everyone with the same respect, everybody. And so I'm going to be tough on you no matter what, because I want you to achieve your health goal. Um, but I'm also going to be lenient in certain ways if if I if I have to be. Um, but I do have that same level of, of respect for them, uh, yeah. no matter what culture they're from. Yeah. Brilliant. Because health and wellness, the body works the same, no matter what culture. Yeah. Um, and I love so that. that's how I kind of, kind of deal with it. I love that. No, that's really interesting. And, and from cultural intelligence to emotional and social intelligence, EQ, well known and often spoken about. How have you developed your skills in rapport building and listening to people, not talking over them and having humility rather than make it the big I am? How have you learned that? Oh, I think I'm still learning. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? But I mean, I, I'm a I'm a big learner. 
I love taking courses. I, I love reading. Um, I mean, I've had Audible, which is the audiobooks for years. Um, so I listen to a new book at least every month, but I probably re-listen to older books throughout that month as well. So um, I belong to something called Mind Valley. Which oh, yes. I, I've seen Mind Valley and I've heard the guy speak. Is it good? Well, it's really good. I just recently took a course on there um, with a, a, a guy who used to work with Google on time management. And do you know what I thought? It was brilliant. It was just 15 minutes a day for 30 days. I learned all about time management to take my own time management to another level, which I have, um, or again, just revisited. And sometimes it's a bit like nutrition. A lot of the times we know what to do. It's being inspired and the time has to be right for us to make the effort to make those changes in our own schedule. So if I'm not constantly working on myself, um, how can I expect other people to work on themselves uh, as, as well but but i i love it i enjoy uh, another one on mind valley that i um i'm currently doing is is about a super brain mm -hmm. um and creating see, i told you on where my brain is at right um creating more kind of not space in my brain but clarity in my brain and learning more and retaining more information and he's got some really wonderful tricks um, I'm only seven days into my 30 days on, on that one, but that's really quite fun. And again, it's 15 minutes a day that all I do um, and, and I, I adore it. So I love working on myself. I think no, it's I, I completely concur with that. And having in the past had some mental health challenges uh, to keep them at bay, almost my, my, my black dog, I, I find a whole range of these self-help techniques um really incredibly useful and and i think uh, uh coming up soon i'll probably join man valley too i'll take your advice on this yeah. and maybe do one or two of their programs um in the remaining time we have there's so much we can talk about but let's go talk about resilience and then brand and then legacy just very quick far um resilience what what one tip would you give about resilience from a sort of nutritional point of view this anti-inflammatory idea of being able to cope with being run down and building yourself back up Definitely. I mean, you need to dump the junk first uh, and cleanse the body because there's there's no point in putting just a Band-Aid on your health. You really do need to get to the problem uh, of it. And, and I kind of look at it like a bank balance, you, you know, um, sort your body's bank balance out. You know, are you in overdraft? Are, you, you know, do you need to split it up into different accounts? <laughs> you know, all those kinds of things. So make sure that to build your own resilience, you've actually I mean, I take a look at 10 different areas of wellness, not just health or fitness. I take a look at a real holistic view of someone's wellness to make sure their wellness wheel is rolling smoothly. Because again, just like um, you know, your leadership style, it's not just one, one area. So definitely start with clearing the decks, having a little bit of an appointment with yourself in your diary on a daily basis to work on yourself to build that resilience. Great. No, I love that one. And then brand, how, how do you, I mean, you've, uh, and we'll talk about this in a minute, got a book coming out soon. Your brand is very good, but you're constantly working on it. How have, uh, what tip would you give on people developing their own brand? I think my brand 
has changed over the years and and i think that does which is why i love it when companies rebrand because i think it gives it a really lovely fresh new look as well um from a business point of view we had a very strong brand from the beginning um i ran one of the uk's largest healthy meal delivery companies called nutrichef and so we worked alongside a branding company and they created uh, the logo and everything, but the name itself just sounded bigger than what it was at the time. And that is the kind of thing you want something that that fits with your principles and, and sticks sticks out and lasts a lifetime with a name. Now I have a personal brand, which is obviously built on the back of my business as well. Uh, and they were, uh, you know, interlinked beautifully throughout the time. But I think for now, it's again a little bit like the values my mission um that intrinsically is throughout every book i write every course i create and every single concentration um and consultation is is that core brand value of being passionate about serving another and yeah comes across in my colors and and working with a great team of people who, who do that. And that's really nicely goes on to legacy before we talk about uh, your tips um, on, on nutrition and healthy living. Um, what What is the the legacy that you'd like to leave in your lifetime, not after you've gone? What, what would you hope to be your legacy? I I love, do you know, it was it Bill, Bill Gates, right? And he said he wants a computer in every single home. I would love every single home to have a little wellness center or at least a little wellness toolbox that they can create for themselves and their family. Because when the family is feeling great, it makes that everyone's lives run smoothly. Um, on a mental and a physical well-being way. And if everybody can have their own little wellness toolbox within their home, I just think it would make life so much easier. That's brilliant. So let's go on and, um, I, I, I like that. And let's go on and really talk about that. You're, you're, before we talk about um, a book and your two minute tip, um, let's talk about tips on nutrition and healthy living. And actually, I would like to hear about this book. When's your book coming out? And can you show us uh, one of your books? I know yeah, it's not, not yes. ready yet. This is, um, so I have co-authored two books, The Motorsport Fitness Manual and Teach Yourself Aromatherapy. And I have two books of my own, which is Rainbow Recipes, as well as Eat to Be Fit. And this is a series of books that are coming out, which launches on the 8th of September. And it's called Revamp Your Wellness. I love it. I love it. That's a nice book. Yeah. Yeah. It goes through a week by week template on how people can have and create over the series. It's a nine book series, actually, create their own wellness toolbox at home with the series. It'll have troubleshooting in there to daily templates to amazing recipes uh, and much, much more. Yeah. Well, that, that's great, Barbara. So let's let's share one or two of your tips, things that, you know, good bits of advice you've share given me. Share more than one or two. <laughs> yeah, good bits of advice you've given me. You've, uh, let's, let's sort of, um, let's have a play around there. You know, sleep, all right? Um, so melatonin has helped me. Um, melatonin. melatonin. But what else would you suggest? Uh, also, we've got the, um, 
the chamomile tea. Yeah. What, what else is good on sleep? Consistency. So there's quite a few things on consistency. Number one is going to bed and waking up at the same time. If people can do that, that would, it really helps with the body. Taking a look at their bedroom environment as well. What's the temperature like? What's the lighting like? How heavy is the duvet? You know, all these kinds of environmental things that can potentially wake you up at night. Is it is it noisy? Is it, um, you, you know, are there any electromagnetic fields in there? Are you falling asleep with your, your TV on? There's so many things to take a look at. But sleeping well is imperative because for us to get into the deep sleep is when the body renews. And we need to get down in that deep sleep for a healing point of view. And actually that deep sleep can facilitate for some people a good weight loss as well. So it goes hand in hand, taking a look at all of those. Yeah, okay. And then I'm very interested in this idea of anti-inflammatory. I remember reading yes. a book called The Health Revolution by Maria Borelius. And she went and tried all sorts of different things. It's all about anti-inflammatory. What is it? mean to people about anti-inflammatory? I know it's sort of to try and prevent cancers and uh, there's this idea of killing off dead cells and helping other cells grow. Uh, but but what, what, can, what tips can they take to, to live an anti-inflammatory lifestyle? Okay, so all disease starts with inflammation. Now, I'm not talking when you walk down the road and you slip off the curb and you twist your ankle and you get a swollen ankle. Okay. Yes, that is inflammation, but you can see that inflammation. I'm talking about inflammation you cannot see. And that is internal inflammation. And it is, it is that inflammation that is the precursor and causes the diseases of civilization. It's the start of cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and it is also linked to mental health issues as well. Mm. So that's the reason why we want to protect ourselves and how we can protect ourselves against these um, issues in our life. How can we do it? Some pretty simple ways. Number one is dumping the junk. So things like, you know, fried food, um, microwavable food, all those kind of ready meals that are high in salt, high in sugar, cakes, chocolates, crisps, all those kinds of things cause inflammation in the body. Therefore, the body doesn't tend to work properly and has to overcompensate in other ways. It either, either uh, produces more insulin to, to deal with the sugar um, that, that is coming through, or you know, it creates a fat cell to hold the toxin in. Hence, we uh, you, you know, have had a lot of issues. Or it's very dehydrating on the body as well, which when the blood is dehydrated or the body's dehydrated, it becomes very sticky and doesn't move that oxygen around where we need it to, to be as well. So there's a lot of scientific things that happen when the body is um, inflamed. And, and, you know, some people as we age might feel it, right? We feel a little bit groggy in the morning, our joints ache in the morning, we might even suffer from, um, you know, a lot more arthritis, um, and things like that. But it really does deplete the vitamins and mineral absorption in the system. And of course, we need all those on a daily basis as well. So it is, it is where it should be. Brilliant. Barbara, I, I love it. There's, there's so much we can talk about. But in the yeah. remaining few minutes, um, before we go into your top tip, and you can introduce yourself again for that as a standalone, um, as well as the, the array of books that you've written, if there was to be one book on nutrition 
that you have found uh, is very handy by another author, who would you recommend? Wow, that's a really good question. There's so many amazing nutrition books on the market, honestly. Um, wow, where do I start? You, you know, my, the Michael Mosley series, I, I think is really good and very easily written and uh, to understand for, um, for a lot of clients. But um, I'd say that it's probably the easiest one. Otherwise, we're looking at more specific books, like if anyone is suffering from cancer, you need to take a look at the 15 books from Chris Willems. Uh, you, you know, he's the cancer guru. Um, if you're looking for, for menopause, then you need to look at another set of books. So there's so many different things that are specific to ailments alone. But the Michael Mosley series is, is amazing. Brilliant. Well, look, thank you. So now for our last two minutes, if you would just introduce yourself again and just tell us your top nutrition tip in, in a couple of minutes, please. Yeah. Sure. So I'm Barbara Cox, award-winning nutritionist, and I am just going to give you a couple of tips that I think everyone should be doing now just to raise their own um, vitality during the day, get that mental clarity, get the energy to perform at your very best. Because when we're performing at our best, our resilience will just knock away any distractions that come into our life. Number one has to be starting with hydration. Make sure that you're drinking 1.5 to 2 liters of water a day in between your meals. So when you eat, eat and chew properly, but drink about 20 minutes either side of the meal so the digestion is happening properly. My tip number two is eat a wide variety of food. The wider variety of food you have, and this starts with meal planning, means that you're going to get a wider variety of vitamins and minerals, making the body work properly. Yes, I love supplementation. That is another tip that I have. But when you take care of the variety of foods in your breakfast, lunch and dinner, aim for over a hundred different varieties uh, and include lovely spices in there as well. Anti-inflammatory spices can be things like turmeric and black pepper, um, which spice up everything, um, which is great. My tip number three is to take care of yourself with your mental health and to have some you time. That time in your diary where you have no distractions whatsoever, I like to take one hour a week. And I know it doesn't sound like very much, but actually in that one hour, I can escape and do a lovely aromatherapy uh, bath and just be with my thoughts and relax. Um, those are the great things and it's, it's picking up what you really want for yourself. Barbara, thank you. Uh, great tips and advice. You've got so much more you could give, but in this short time, you've given us a lot. Thank you very much for being on the Inspiring Leadership Series and good luck with your business and the launch of your book series. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me and uh, yeah, it'd be great. I look forward to chatting again. Thanks, Barbara. So now you've heard from one of the inspiring leaders that I've interviewed, what are you gonna do next? If you want to get some more free material, go to my website, jonathanperks.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Bowman Perks. And there you can get access to my books, uh, Inspiring Leadership and Top Tips for Inspiring Leaders. But if you wanna actually do something about being a leader and constantly improving your game, raising your performance, 
get in touch with me about coaching you or one of your team that you want to raise the game for them. It's got to be people who want to be good to great, not people who you're trying to fire. And if you're looking for a motivational speaker, get in touch. Or if you want me to work with your team coach, I would be delighted to help you.